our start of the bell curve is very um, low. You know how this virus seems to take a long time to um, start having deaths. It's like a long um, incubation. Yeah. Yeah, beginning beginning time, and then it skyrockets up. Um, but we've had um, quite severe restrictions on travel coming in. Um, as of the weekend, anybody entering New Zealand has to have 14 days isolation. So a lot of plans have been cancelled. My um, sister and her husband work for Air New Zealand and they work the international route, long haul, and um, they've all been cancelled from um, next couple of weeks. So we're not sure what's happening with their jobs. Um, my um, parents live down south, probably two hours from from Auckland, um, and I've told them to stay there because <laughs> they're um, in their seventies. Um, so yeah, all the events over five hundred people are cancelled. Um, we're going to we're travelling on Saturday actually internally. Um, to Nelson, which is on uh, the South Island. It's a, it's, um, uh, yeah, so we're on a domestic flight. Um, but I don't think there's going to be much for us to do when we get there because everything's cancelled. So, um, yeah, but we booked this this trip um, months ago. So but we'll still go um, because they're trying to encourage internal um travel and tourism because our country is mainly based on tourism mm -hmm. um the main problem is uh we we import and export a lot of stuff because we're so isolated from everybody um so that's really tricky my son works for toll which is an international freight forwarding company um so he's not sure about his job um and uh, all the cruise ships have stopped, which is a major, major input of money into our economy. Um, so they're all being cancelled. They're not allowed to dock in New Zealand anymore. Um, yeah, so it's quite a lot of change going on. Right. My job, I think, is fine. I can I can work up at home if I need be. Um, so that's good. Yeah. Mm. Well, that sounds very much the pattern that we're seeing worldwide as far as response and what's occurring, what's going on. So um, anyway, hey, I just want to thank y'all real quick uh, for gathering together like this. Uh, the whole idea behind this is, you know, we usually have a precept study on um, Monday night, then we have one locally. Our local ones, uh, um, when I first made the decision, it was really sort of thrusted on me that we would not meet because we wouldn't have our location. Uh, that particular church is closing down all the meetings and everything in there. And then uh, as of this afternoon, that size meeting apparently is, uh, uh, you know, it's not made illegal or anything like that yet, yet I say, uh, but you know, they don't want any large gatherings and that kind of stuff. And so I thought we would just gather together tonight and, uh, and I really just have a, a couple of things in mind. One is this, I, I really want to know uh, what it is that the Lord uh, has been revealing uh, to y'all, okay? Uh, what you've seen in his word, what you've seen in the spirit as to uh, what he's saying about the times that we're in right now. And then also to, to see what the Lord says in the word uh, and to really sort of lock ourselves into this, uh, not only for our own benefit, but for uh, those that we encounter day in and day out. Y'all have been talking about the people that you're working with, the people that are in our lives uh, that will need uh, the word of the Most High God, will need to know what it is. So um, as we've been chatting here, uh, we've been talking about things, we've been thinking about things. What has the Lord been revealing to you? And you can speak it out, by the way, or you, oh, I meant to tell you, uh, <laughs> the chat thing on Zoom can be sort of weird sometimes. The way I've got it, uh, you'll see a chat off to the side, and uh, you'll see a screen here. What you have to do if you want to chat, if you're on a computer, is open your chat, and a, a box will pop open. 
and then just pull that box over to the side and cover up my chat. In other words, you can't type into the one that you're probably seeing on the screen, but you can type into yours and it will appear. So I guess drag your chat over on top of that chat. Did I explain that right? Forcing more than 35 million kids to stay home. They saw a high school that Yes, yes, you did. Oh, okay, good, good, good. If you so, click on your own chat down at the bottom, there's a list of things that you can do. Yeah, okay. Uh, it'll pop up in the middle of your screen, and then you just click on the top of it and drag it over. Yeah. Hey, Robin Canfield, we can see you. <laughs> it's good to see you, man. <laughs> I think, there we go. Hey, Robin, can you hear me now? I think he's, yeah, I think he's discovered. No, he's got his mic on. Oh, it says it's off. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It is off. Okay. Good. Mine off again. There's Keith Rhodes. Good. 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 So, does anybody have anything you want to share about what the Lord's been revealing to you about these times we're in? I'll jump in and go first. Go ahead, sweetie. <laughs> it's just a personal thing. When we had our prayer th prayer meeting yesterday online, yeah, mm -hmm. and we were praying through Psalm ninety-one. Um, I had been getting pretty scared, to put it lightly, because of my age. Um. And I was I was forced to examine just how strong is my faith. Do I really believe what I read in Psalm 91 there yesterday? Uh -huh. And then to force myself to lean on that. I know what it says. And I believe God. Therefore, I have to believe it. And I have been a whole lot calmer today about the whole situation. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Uh, folks, there are so many portions of the scripture. That, Dale? Yes, ma'am. Yes, is that Tanya? Dale? Yes. Hey, this is Tanya. Yeah. Um, I just had something neat I wanted to share today. I work at the college, the local college here, and of course, we're shutting down and they're trying to convert to online classes and I was making a sign today to put on the door, tell the students to contact the, um, the teacher directly through email. And I got the sign all printed and I was putting it on the doors and I thought, oh, everything's changing so quick. I need to put the date on it. So I wrote the date, abbreviated, I put Monday and then I put 3.16 on it to date it. And I just couldn't help but think, of John 3:16, and you know and just a reminder of that to for all of us to just keep looking up you know right that, yeah and the love of that so that was just something sweet that happened to me today so it is and those kind of little confirmations are just so uh so exciting so helpful you know from, from the lord when he, he speaks to things in the natural he speaks in the spirit he speaks to his word Yes, yeah, and I was able to share that with many, several people today, too, and it, it kind of encouraged them, too, so. Yeah, yeah. Anyone else? Dale? Yes, or Jim? We went to church yesterday with Aaron Lanae. <laughs> <laughs> That's my daughter and, and son-in-law. I thought that his message yesterday everyone should have heard the message yeah um, well you can't hear it you can find it online yeah it yeah, was it was spot on listen to it if you have the least bit of doubt or fear go listen to his message from yesterday yeah i'll put a link to that on my uh, facebook page most of y'all are friends with me on facebook you'll be able to find it there yeah uh and the, the bottom line of what he was saying and which i think god's revealing to and, and just reminding us folks is that uh, and i've been drawn in the last what two or three weeks those of y'all that, that you know see the blog and read the blog and hear the podcast and things know i've been hanging out around isaiah chapter 8 and in the 91st psalm 
And in Isaiah chapter 8, the problem there was that the people of the Lord were not dependent upon the Lord, and they were dependent upon their ability to cut a deal with a foreign king (coughs) that would bring peace. And God says, no, that's not going to work. And that's where uh, he tells Elijah to actually name his kid um, Meher Shalash Habaz, something like that, which means uh, uh, quick as the booty, speedy as the prey. Because he says, before this child who you're just born, before he can say mama and before he can say daddy, that king up there in Damascus that you thought you cut a deal is going to bring peace with you, he's going to be defeated by the Assyrians. And the Assyrians are going to come down and they're going to rave havoc here in the southern kingdom. They're actually going to conquer the northern kingdom. So what the Lord was saying was, you are my people and you're putting your faith and your trust in situation and in circumstances rather than in me. And then he just point blankly says, don't fear what the world fears. Don't dread what the world dreads. And a few verses later, he says, fear the most high God. Dread the Lord God. <clears throat> That's what we are called to do, to walk in the fear of the Lord. Then over in the 91st uh, Psalm, which is a psalm that's very, very familiar uh, to most of us. Um, he actually deals with these type of things. You know, he, he, he shows us. Um, uh, well, I'll tell you what, let's just go there. Can we do that? Might as well. Uh, I also want to go right here, so we'll go here in a minute, maybe. Uh, psalm 91. Can y'all see that, by the way? Do you have the scripture up there? Yeah. Okay, great. I don't know about y'all, but it's in big letters here where I am. <laughs> which is good. Um, We'll we'll just read through this quick and just be reminded of this, folks, and just keep driving this home uh, in your own spirit and and realize who it is that is protecting us. Verse 1 says this, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 2, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And so we see that when we choose to dwell in the shelter of the Lord, instead of our mind dwelling over here, our spirits dwelling over here, uh, Kimmy, you were talking about that a while ago, and just what you're facing at work and the things that are happening. And you find yourself uh, doing that, saying, okay, I need to, my focus and attention needs to be upon the Most High God. I need to abide here and trust here. Notice what happens. We will say to him, declare, and make the declaration, Lord, you're my refuge. Lord, you are my fortress. I trust in you. We all readily say that and we readily declare it. But guess what? When you're faced with the realities of it, the third verse is where it really starts getting interesting for such a time as this. For it is he, the Lord, who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. It is the Lord who will deliver us from all these things. And this pestilence is mentioned twice. And then plague is mentioned uh, later on. But I think they're, they're tied in together right here. I don't know what the cause of all this kind of stuff is. I don't know why it's happening. I have my suspicions about a lot of things. Okay. Uh, I, I generally believe that if this is not just by happenstance, <laughs> that there's a purpose. I believe that there's a snare that has been set by a trapper. And uh, I think that uh, we as a people are trying to be trapped and entrapped. I'll put it that way. The Lord says he'll deliver us from that. Okay. And he'll deliver us from the deadly pestilence. Now watch this verse four. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings, you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. Notice that it's not necessarily my faithfulness. It's not my ability to whip up enough faith to get through something, you know, But how much faith does it take, you know, a mustard seed to move a mountain? It's his faithfulness that protects us. And then these two verses right here, really the next three verses, have just really been uh, striking me here of late. And he says this, You will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence that stalks in the darkness or the destruction that lays waste at noon. And, And notice what? There is terror. There are arrows that are flying by the day. There's pestilence. There's destruction. But he tells us that we will not be afraid of these things. Okay? If we are what? If we abide in him, what does he say at the beginning? If we dwell in the shelter of the Lord. These things will be a reality. 
but we will not be afraid of them, not afraid of the terror, not afraid of the arrow, not afraid of the pestilence, not afraid of the destruction. And then this verse seven, which is sort of interesting to me personally because of the way I've heard it preached and taught in times past, but in the context, it says this, a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You may see people falling to your right and to your left in relationship to the terror and to the arrows and the pestilence and the destruction, but it's not going to approach you. Why is that? Well, he explains even more. Verse 8, you will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Now, I want to handle this whole thing from the point of view of just sort of bigger principles. I don't want to sit here and say, okay, this right here is the fulfillment of what you see in Psalm 91. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. But it is a principle. And there's things that are yet to come that will be fulfillments of this. Okay. There's things that happened in the past that this has been a fulfillment of. But notice this. It's a recompense of the wicked. And he says, they may fall at your right, <coughs> fall at your left, but it's not going to approach you. Well, why is that? How does that come about? He tells us in verse 9. It's because you've made the Lord my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. And I think this is something so important for us as true believers uh, to keep reiterating to ourselves and reminding ourselves that the Lord is our dwelling place. And he has placed us where he's placed each and every one of us for such a time as this. For where we are right now, the Lord is our refuge. He is our dwelling place. Because of this, if we rest in this, then we can know what he said up here, that it shall not approach us. Verse 11 says, how? For he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands that you do not strike your foot against a stone. That passage is actually quoted over in the uh, New Testament. Y'all remember where? I want to check who jumped on here. I heard some of y'all jumping in and out. Anybody remember where that was quoted? I think we talked a little bit about that yesterday. Even. I was going to say, I remember because it's yesterday, <laughs> yes. but I don't want to say. Yeah, that, that's the passage that Satan quoted against Jesus when he was trying to uh, uh, tempt him, right? Uh, right. I think from, to leap from the temple type of thing. And so there's some principles right there that we see. We know that Satan will use scripture like that, okay, to do something. But we're being told that the Lord will watch over us, okay? We're telling the Lord to watch over us. Then verse 13, you will tread upon the lion and cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You will trample down. And then he declares this thing. And this is like uh, the Lord saying this through the psalmist to us. Verse 14, because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. If we love the Lord, if we know his name, particularly those of us in the new covenant who are called by his name, who have a new heart that he's given us with his name written upon our heart. Because of that, folks, he's going to deliver us. Because of that, we're set securely on high because we are known by his name. Verse 15 continues. He says, he will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with a long life. I will satisfy him and let him see my salvation. We see over and over that if we will rest in the Lord, if we'll abide in the Lord, if what we see in the first verse right here, if we dwell in his shelter, then the Lord will do these things. He will answer us. He will be with us in trouble. Notice that there is trouble. A lot of times people think, well, if all this is true, we won't have any trouble. No, you will have trouble. But he will rescue us, and he'll honor us and satisfy us with long life and give us salvation. Now, as I go over here to this next passage, uh, is there anything I want to share? I'm going to go to Second Chronicles 20. <coughs> I, I just don't want to talk the whole time we're together. <clears throat> as things come to mind, y'all can throw them in the chat or interrupt me here, please, okay? Because these are things that are so important for us to know and to be reminded of and to go out. Uh, this second chapter of Chronicles is great. It's a, one of my favorite passages in Scripture because of what it teaches and, again, the principles. So let's just look at it here real quick. First verse. Now, it came about after this, after what? Well, the previous stuff, right? That the sons of Moab and the sons of Ammon, together with some of the Midianites, came to make war against Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat is the king. 
Then some came and recorded Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, out of Aram. And behold, they are in Hazazan Tamar, that is, in Gedi. Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his attention to seek the Lord and proclaim the fast throughout all Judah. Jehoshaphat the king was afraid. Folks, it's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be a king and be afraid. What did he do? He sought the Lord. He turned his attention to seek the Lord, and he did what? He proclaimed the fast throughout all of Judah. Uh, yeah, yesterday, the, the chief executive of the executive branch of the federal government uh, proclaimed the National Day of Prayer, <coughs> which they do from time to time. And that's a great thing. It's a wonderful thing to draw people to pray in before the Lord. He sought their attention. But I'll tell you what, most of what I'm seeing in response from the Rachel says, never will be declared in New Zealand. You have little faith, but I know what you mean. I mean, I know exactly what you mean, because you think that'll never happen here, you know? Uh, because for the most part, you're, you're, you're correct. It's, it's a very secular society. You're absolutely right. But you know what? I'm not sure we're doing much better, even as the body of Christ, because the decisions that are being made, uh, I, I have yet to, uh, to hear of a local church entity is saying, hey, we need to fast and pray about what we're going to do. We have the perfunctory little, well, we've prayed about it, so here's what we're going to do. But it's usually that we have prayed about it, and in conjunction with the CDC, uh, which, uh, what does CDC stand for? Center for Disease Control. Is that right? I think that's what that is. In the United States, the Center for Disease Control, which... Honestly, folks, I hate to say this, but it's so true. It's just as corrupt as everything else. Okay. But we'll sit there and say, well, the CDC has recommended this, so this is what we're going to do. Where is the turning the attention to seek the Lord, proclaiming a fast and saying, hey, this is what the Lord has said? Yeah. And there's very little, if any, of that, folks. So verse 24 continues, uh, verse 4 continues. So Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah and to seek the Lord. That's the big thing that I want us to do, folks. That's what we're doing right now. That's what we did yesterday morning. And I did the same thing, Jim, that you did. Uh, I, I met with my son-in-law in North Carolina online. And uh, <coughs> uh, so that is CDC. Okay, good. And, uh, <coughs> you know, excuse me. I am in my office at the church, and I told you the problem I've got with all the, the building dust in here. It's still here. It chokes me when I talk a lot. And so, um, yeah, obviously, <laughs> uh, uh, so favorite of yours, Jim. Um, but what I did was I, I thought that we needed to pray. And I think we need to pray a lot. A lot of people, and, and that's great, are going online and they're preaching and they're teaching. That's wonderful. But we need to be doing this day in and day out with every small group that we're around, whether it be our family, whether it be coworkers, whether it be somebody just asking a question. You know, you'll be amazed at how open people are to things. Okay, to do the same exact thing here that Judah did, to seek the seek help from the Lord, to come from everywhere to seek help. Then verse five, then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord before the new court. And I, I love Jehoshaphat. I love what he did right here because he, he's acknowledging he's afraid. Uh, he comes before the people in verse six. He says, "O Lord, the God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven?" <laughs> he said, "Lord, this is who you are." Are you not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nation? Uh, and the unspoken answer is, you are. Power and might are in your hand so that no one can stand against you. And we so need to be reminded of this. Are you not God in heaven? He is. Are you not the God over all the kingdom of the nations? He is. And that nations is really interesting. We won't get into that right now. Verse 7. Did you not, O oh our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? That's where we get the little idea that, God, you know, Abraham's friend to God, because he is. So what the king is doing is he's reminding God, he says, you drove the inhabitants out from this land that we've got right here. Verse 8, they have lived in it and built your sanctuary 
and therefore your name, saying. So he's reminding God of what happened when Solomon built the temple over there, of what would occur. Okay, What would happen if there ever faced a time of crisis or something? And he's just reminding God of this. Verse 9, he says this, uh, there in your name, saying, should evil come upon us, the sword or judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry to you in our distress, and you will hear and deliver us. He is reminding the Lord what he had said when they uh, uh, dedicated the temple with King Solomon and all that kind of stuff. He's reminding him. So uh, where is the temple of the Lord today? In us. Yeah, we are the temple of the Lord today. The New Covenant folks, we are the temple. How much more should we not only be standing before this house, but be standing as the house of the Lord, <coughs> of his might, of his power, of his presence, and to come before him and to cry out to him in distress. If the sword is coming against us, if judgment or pestilence or famine, knowing that he will hear and knowing that he will deliver us. Verse 10. This right here actually gets sort of funny. Now behold, the sons of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you did not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. They turned aside from them and did not destroy them. See how they're rewarding us by coming to drive us out from your possession, which you've given us as an inheritance. So he's saying, God, these people right here that you didn't let us drive out, and he's, he's sort of acting like that when they went into the promised land, that they did everything perfectly according to the way that God told them. And if you've ever read those accounts, you know that they did not. They compromised what God had told them to do. But he's reminding them, hey, you told us not to mess with these folks from uh, Sierra, Edom, Moab, and Ammon. This is all modern-day Jordan, by the way. And the reason God did that is God's got another plan for them. And he says, look here, verse 11. See how they're rewarding us by coming to drive us out from your possession which you've given us as an inheritance. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who, you are, who are coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Folks, we're in a similar situation. It's not that we're not powerless for this great multitude of an invading army like this. It's not even the virus. And, you know, we all know the facts about this virus and how Seasonal influenza is much, much worse, and et cetera, et cetera. So the, we are powerless against the ignorance of man, and we are powerless <laughs> against the uh, uh, manipulation uh, being done by media, and not even just the media. It's the power, the powers that are behind the media that have an agenda. Lord, we're powerless against them, but guess what? God isn't. We don't know what to do, but God does. And we're doing what they're saying right here. We're putting our eyes upon you. Verse 13. All Judah was standing before the Lord with their infants, their wives, and their children. I love that. Everybody's standing there. They're all there. They didn't put the kids in the children's ministry. They're all there. Infants, wives, children. Then, verse 14, in the midst of the assembly, out in the middle of the crowd, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael the son of Madaniah, the Levite, the sons of Asaph. It's just one of your basic Levitical dudes out there. And all of a sudden, the spirit of the Lord comes upon him, and he starts shouting in verse 15. And he said, listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Yeah, we sort of know those verses, don't we? He says, don't fear. The Lord says that repeatedly through scriptures. I've heard many times it said that that do not fear command is in the scripture 365 times, you know, for every day of the year. I don't know about the exact number, but I do know that it's in there a lot for two reasons. First of all, there's going to be a tendency to fear. And second of all, the Lord doesn't want us to fear because our fear is what it said in Isaiah 8 is not in the fear of mankind. Our fear is fearing the Lord. So he says, don't fear this, for the battle is not yours, 
but God's. Verse 16. He tells him what to do. And remember, this is just a dude out there, man. And the Spirit of the Lord moves upon him, and he speaks forth a word to all the Judea, Judah, and the Jerusalem, and to the king himself. Verse 16. Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the valley in front of the wilderness at Jeruel. You need not fight in this battle. Station yourself. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. He's calling them to go out and to face these things. He's calling them to go out and to face and yet not battle. He's calling them to go out and to stand. Yeah, Rachel, be calm, carry on. But he's actually telling them, even beyond carrying on, he's telling them to press on. He says, I want you to go out to that ascent of Aziz, and I want you to go out there and stand. And while you're standing, I want you to see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. I think the Lord is calling us to do this type of thing as the body of Christ in the midst of craziness in the world. To stand. What does it say over in Ephesians 6? To stand. To stand firm. Haven't done everything to stand. Stand. Okay. To stand and see the salvation on your behalf. Yes, somebody was saying something? Jan, was that you? No. Okay, I, I can't Lights see the... Again. Yes, it is. I'm sorry. Okay. It goes oh. off on its own. Oh, okay. I thought you were wanting to say something. No problem. No problem. Uh, so do not fear, folks. Go out and do that. The Lord is calling us to station ourselves, to stand and see the salvation of the Lord. So, verse 18, Jehoshaphat. Did he get all mad and get all arrogant because the word of the Lord came through somebody other than him? Oh, no, 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 no. He bowed his head with his face to the ground. All of Judah and Jerusalem saw this. And all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. The Levites from the sons of the Kohathites and of the sons of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a very loud voice. They rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, he said, this is as they're getting ready to go. Listen to me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. And the idea of the prophets here, the ones who have the word of the Lord, the ones who are speaking forth the truth of the word of the Lord, put your trust in that word. Put your trust in the Lord. I love 21. <coughs> As somebody said they like six, 21 cracks me up. When he had consulted with the people, what did Jehoshaphat do? He consulted with the people. Okay? This wasn't just a kingly mandate, a kingly instruction. This was being received from the Most High God. He consulted with the people, and they, they worked through some logistical things. When he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire as they went out before the army and said, Give thanks to the Lord for his love and kindness is everlasting. I would have loved to have been in that consultation. You're sitting there with all the leaders and everything. And who came up with the idea? Hey, let's put the choir out in front of the army and let them go first. You know, we, sometimes we get sort of flippant with the way we say that kind of stuff. But I really, truly think that they felt the move from the Lord saying, hey, we need to worship the Lord and we need to trust the Lord. And we need to have those who are worshiping to be out front. Verse 22, watch what happens. When they began singing and praising the Lord, the Lord set ambushes against the son of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah. So they were routed. For the sons of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, destroying them completely. And when they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. So look what happens. Verse 20. When Judah came to the lookout of the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude. And behold, there were corpses lying on the ground, and no one had escaped. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil, they found much among them, including goods, garments, and valuable things, which they took for themselves more than they could carry. And they were three days taking the spoil because they were so much. It took them three days to pick up all the spoil from this folks. Verse 26. Then on the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Erechah. For there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, they named that place the Valley of Barakah Blessing until this day. 
Every man of Judah and Jerusalem returned with Jehoshaphat at their head, returned to Jerusalem with joy, for the Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemies. They came to Jerusalem with harps, lyres, and trumpets to the house of the Lord. And the dread of God was on all the kingdoms of the land when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. So the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for his God gave him rest on all his sides. Folks, again, there's so many things there for us to see and for us to understand. What if the Lord is using such a time as this to deal with the enemies of his kingdom in the same way that he dealt with the enemies of his kingdom right here? They went from abject fear and wondering if they were going to even to exist to five days later having enemies absolutely defeated, having spoiled beyond anything they had hoped to imagine for. What if what we're experiencing right now is the opportunity for two or three things, and it's more than this that have come to my mind, but of breaking down the walls and the barriers that the body of Christ has established around ourselves, forcing us outside our pretty little walls, okay? Forcing us out to where we are the kingdom in the body. What if he's coming along and if he's dealing with evil in a way and of evil that we don't even know about in such a way that is going to set his people free? What if that that he's doing right now that looks like it's such a negative thing uh, is exactly what Jesus was speaking? I remember the disciples looked at him. Hey, is this when this is going to start? And they said, oh, no, no. Jesus said, this is just the beginning of birth pangs. I don't think this is even the beginning of birth pangs, but I think this is a pain that's going to bring forth a new birth within the body. For those who truly know their God, what it says in the book of Daniel, to shine as the stars in the firmament and to lead the many to righteousness. I think it is. I think it's very much a possibility. The use of the vernacular in the United States has become common in the last three or four years of the cleaning out of the swamps. And I think that what's happening right now very much may be uh, a part of that. I don't know. I could be dead wrong about that, but I wouldn't be surprised if three or four months from now, we are absolutely shocked, absolutely shocked at what's happened and what's going and, and I mean, excitingly shocked. Okay. I'll put it that way. Uh, so Rachel says, when churches close down, some may not return. So, see, that's it, Rachel. I've always thought this about the end time things, big things, that when it came down that the church is being challenged from the point of view of the, the Claire, on whose side you're on, that it had become readily apparent, apparent who are the Lords and who are not. Uh, I was sharing with a group of guys this morning uh, that we meet together on, on Monday morning for breakfast. We couldn't meet where we normally meet because the buildings are closed, you know? Um, so though I'm, I'm sneaking in one of those buildings right now. Uh, so we met at a local Cracker Barrel. Where else you go, right? And I told them, and, that is, and these guys said it something like, well, the church has been closed. We're going to do the church. And I looked at them and said, hey, guys, the church is not closed. You are the church. We are the body. We're not closed. We've just been kicked out of the nest. And it's something that should have happened a long time ago. So what are you going to do now? You know, I'm, I'm actually very excited about it. I don't know if you can tell or not. I got a lot of questions, a lot of things I don't know. But the passages we just looked at this one, I mean, just right now, show us that we're trusting in the Lord. And what does God want to do? And how many are, is he going to lead to righteousness? All of us can sit here and recount uh, the things that we have lost, okay? Uh, Kimberly, I'll use Kimberly. Kimberly, you were talking about, oh, you've lost uh, clients, okay? Uh, Chandler and I were talking last night. Chandler and I played a, uh, a gig this weekend, and I've already lost two gigs, probably three. I looked at the uh, conductor of this thing <laughs> on uh, Saturday night, and I went, I was going to pay this keyboard off of this thing I was going to do in April. <laughs> you know? We all have that kind of stuff, you know? Uh, some of us are sitting there looking, I've lost about a third of my investments, right? I mean, you know, yo-yo, uh, just hang tight. It'll zoom back here. Y'all know better than that, okay? But we don't live in the fear of that. And the world needs to know this, but not only know it, they need to see it. And they need to see it manifested uh, in power. They need to see it manifested in what the... Uh, all the Wallace's post big fish shows were canceled. <laughs> yeah. So there were shows that Chandler had that were going to happen because that, that college was closed. We, we did the last thing that college did. Um, that was just the afternoon. We played the last show. And so guess what? 
it's all right. It's fine. The Lord knows our needs. Uh, he knows our heart's desire. He knows where we are. He knows what's occurring. And he knows what, the, what all is going to occur. We don't. Uh, so anyway, with all that being said, uh, what do y'all say? I talked more than I thought. Sorry about that. I'm going to take me a swig or something here. Well, if we can, I want to pray. As I look at all of this, yeah. and I, this is Lynn. Yeah. As I look at all of this and I think about, you know, how we are, we are sheep and we have the good shepherd that we can follow who's calling our name. But we also have the world that's calling our name. And I, this, I have just been amazed at how, like sheep, the media has, and really and truly a very short amount of time, stirred up an actual frenzied panic. And to me, I always almost feel like it's the, the test run of the government and the devil to see how we relax, not something that that God is allowing to happen, not part of the end times or all that stuff. I think right. of it more as all this over here that that I have just been amazed. And that it's not just panic, it is absolutely frenzy like. Yeah. And that's what's really scary to me that if 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 you like you're saying and and especially in Second Chronicles, that if the tears and the wheat, the 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 spiritually strong how easy they are to be led astray. And it's yeah. sad to me. Yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right. Fun. This is just the beginning. I like that trial run type of thing. There's no doubt. <laughs> well, I'll, let us do this. Let's pray together about this. And I'd like for several of us to pray if we could. And so I'm asking one, you know, call you by name here uh if you don't mind if you do you just disappear or something <laughs> but i know all of us pray okay and so uh but a couple of you may go to my mind so rachel i really wanted you to pray for us if you don't mind um uh, because she's literally on the other side of the world and the things that she was sharing and uh and also the fact that she's from the future y'all do know that right uh rachel is i think 17 hours ahead of us so i do know that tomorrow exists because rachel's in it right now Okay. Father God, we thank you so much for the ability to come together and talk and share and linger in your word. Yes, Lord. And Father, we thank you that your word sustains us, gives us strength, gives us joy, gives us comfort. And Father, we know that you are the Father of all comfort. And Lord, um, please start with us. Please comfort any fears, any anxious thoughts, anything that's rising to the surface from our soul. I pray that you will do the inner work and transform us and root out uh, fear and anxiety. Start with us, Lord, I pray. And then, Father, I just pray you give us opportunities to share your comfort with others that come across our path. Uh, Lord, strengthen our soul so that we may strengthen others. Um, Lord, when we hear more news and when it gets closer to us, I just pray that you'll keep on strengthening our souls, that we'll keep remembering to uh, linger in your word, to seek you out just like Jehoshaphat did. Um, Lord, please let this, that be our default um, status that we turn immediately to you as soon as we hear news. Yes. Um, and Lord, it could come quite close to us even in our own home, but I pray that you, your peace will flood out of us like streams of living water out into our home, into our street and our community. Um, we thank you for the word that Dale's brought us today. And Lord, it was a really good reminder to me to uh, stand strong, don't talk fear, don't talk anxiety, 
Um, Lord, just put a little check in our uh, minds and our hearts that as soon as we're about to say words of fear and anxiety, um, that you just check us on that. Um, Lord, let our words be full of grace, hope, uh, and joy, we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. Yes. Anyone else pray for us? Terry, you still there? I never know if somebody stepped away. No, there she is. You mind praying for us? Sure. Father God, I just come to you and I am so thankful that you hold us in your, in your hands and that you shelter us under your wing and that you take us and that you uplift us and you just protect us and you guide us. Father, what an awesome thing to know that you are there for us during this time of fear and uncertainty. And Lord, let us just forever trust in you, rest in you, place ourselves in you. Father, as we go out to our jobs and to just wherever it is that you call us to go during this time, may we be a representative of you. It's pretty exciting to me to think about in Chronicles that the choir was in the front. <laughs> yes, Lord. Lord <laughs> I, I want to be singing in the front. I think that's an awesome, awesome thing. Mm. And Father, just continue to to remind us and that you're you're there, not out out there somewhere, but you're with us within us. So any power and any strength that we need, it's all we already have it because we are your temple. I praise you for that, Father. And I thank you for the opportunity to meet online with people all around the world. What an awesome opportunity, Lord. I pray, Lord, that our gatherings will grow, that other people will feel comfortable jumping in. And Father, I just, I just thank you that your son gave his life for all of us, that we would be his. I thank you for that. And Lord, even during our discussion, it made me think of the divine council, how, how they, you know, what, what is, what part did they play in all of that? What an exciting thing, Lord, to know that we have an army working for us, that you send your angels to guard over us. They're in charge of us. They protect us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you in the name of Jesus. Anyone else? Yeah, you know, I'm sitting here looking at everybody. Every one of us, where the Lord has us, has an opportunity to uh, open up uh, our houses, our homes, our lives to other folks. Um, let me encourage you to do that and to um, have gatherings such as this. It may be online. Every one of y'all can do an online thing. Every one of you can open up your home in some way. Lynn's might be a little weird. She actually lives in a RV, <laughs> but the people that you meet just here and there. I had a friend this morning that says, you know, I'm out of the point to where I'm just going to get me and my wife, my two neighbors, my kids right across the street here and meet on Sunday morning worship together, to which I say, hallelujah, you know, to seize those moments, but not just on a Sunday morning, day in and day out. See, there's a reason I'm thinking that all of the, uh, the, the things that usually take our time away are, are sort of being removed. The sports things, for instance, here in the States. And when, I, when that first started happening, I thought, okay, God is trying to tell us something right here. He's trying to show us some things. 
He's trying to give us an opportunity in the midst of a really negative thing that's going on right here. So uh, seize those moments, okay? Grab a hold of those things. Okay. Uh, anything else? Anybody, anything y'all want to share? Uh, if not, I'll, I'll pray for us. But if there are, let me know here real quick. Hey, Dale. Yes, sir. He wrote, <clears throat> yesterday, Tina and I were in Walmart looking at uh, everything that had been picked over in this panic. There was a young man uh, wearing a T-shirt, and on the back was the scripture from 1 Timothy chapter I mean, yeah, chapter one, verse seven, that we should not have a spirit of fear. I tapped him on the shoulder and said, you know, if everyone would adhere to this, we could have some toilet paper in this store. <laughs> That's one of the things I've tried to take with me during this is uh, the Lord does not give us a spirit of fear. Right, right. No doubt, no doubt. <laughs> well, Father, I thank you for that, that truth right there, that we are not a people of fear, that we're a people of faith and our faith is not in you it's not in situation not in circumstance not in what we can do lord our faith is not even in our faith our faith is in you and we praise you for that uh lord as we go through these days even probably more intense days yet to come in our lives we know that we have not been abandoned we know that we have not been forsaken lord we've actually been blessed by you to be where we are for this time and lord we just say thank you for that Lord, we do desire your mind. <coughs> Lord, we do desire your counsel. We desire, Lord, to be your people, to move in your might and in your power. Lord, that when somebody is sick with whatever it is, whether it be this particular virus or, or, or the flu, Lord, or pneumonia or whatever it is, Father, that we will be your people that will lay hands upon them and speak forth your healing into them and that they will rise up and declare, even as we saw at the end of the Second Chronicles passage, that all the people all around them knew that that God was the God, that you are the most high God. Uh, Lord, I do lift up my brother to you. Y'all be praying for my brother, Daniel. He had some really serious surgery a couple days ago, uh, was in ICU, really in critical condition. Uh, they moved him a while ago to a, a regular room, so that's good. Uh, so Lord, continue to touch him and to uh, bring complete healing. And Lord, that which my... Uh, uh, my wife thought about that situation. I pray that that be the truth. Okay, Lord, what occurred there? Uh, Lord, I thank you for the peace that you gave her on his behalf. And uh, Lord, I pray that you will do that for all of us. Lord, for these uh, 14 to 15 that have been gathered together right now, Lord, as you send us out, may we speak forth your truth. May we, Lord, rejoice in you. May we fear you only, not fear other things. And may other folks be drawn to you because of that. Father, we love you and we praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless y'all very much. Uh, we'll probably have more times like this uh, uh, here, or there, or whatever. I'm not sure what's going to happen with the precept classes more than likely. Um, we'll probably just pick it up next week uh, with the uh, where we are with the online. And then if folks locally want to join us, they can join us because uh, it looks like this stuff's going to be extended into July and August uh, as far as at least here in the States of public gatherings. So we'll see. Okay. Thank you all a lot and bless you. See you soon. Bye-bye. Take this picture.